0: Totally. And maybe another thing there, uh, trend is, you know, I'm, I'm a risk taker.
1: Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks. Rebellious Infusions are the go to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system and L thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999.
0: And maybe another thing there, uh, Trent, is you know, I'm, I'm a risk taker, but there's a, there's a mode of risk. And yeah, you know, I, when I go to Vegas, I don't gamble because the odds are against me. So, you know, when there's a, you know, the house has got a 51, 52% chance of winning, why gamble? But in life, if I think there's something where there's a 52% chance of me winning, I'd gamble at all. If I lost it, I'd lost it. If I win, I've got double. Actually, I've got just over double, or or, yeah. or maybe a double with a fifty-two percent chance. But if the odds are in my favor, I'll take the gamble. And people are like, "Why would you take that risk?" I'm like, "Because mm. the odds are in my favor. If I lose it all, oh, it doesn't actually matter. Life will carry on, and the odds are stacked towards me winning."
2: I I'm always intrigued by that. You know, calculated risk is the name of the game for me, right? It's the name of the game. And I I forget the movie, right? The movie with the woman who goes in Katniss, right? And they do the show where they bring everybody in and and the woman says, you know, may the odds be forever in your favor. I'm like, the odds are terrible. Like, you know, it's awful. (laughs) Like, Like, listen, everyone's gonna die except one person. May the odds be forever in your favor. Like it's one in a 25 chance, right? Like most of us are gonna die here. And it's just, it's, it's so funny. I, I laugh at it when she says it every time because it's sad. I mean, it's does anyone actually believe this? I'm thinking to myself, like she says this with such a happy face and the joy and like, oh, like. Hey, best wishes to you, right? And like, maybe odds be forever in your favor. Like no one has good odds here. And uh, so I love that calculated risk of, hey, when the odds are in my favor, there are reasons this data has been collected. The odds are in place. The risk has been calculated. I've made it. There's confidence for you, I'm hearing, in moving in that direction because you have some preparation. You have some knowledge of it. And you have positioning that says, hey, I have an ability to move in this and feel good about it. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, it is. And there's one more I'd add in there if I, if I can, Trent, sure. which, is, which is I have gut feel because a lot of business decisions, we, we don't have evidence or data. We try and collect what we can, but there's still a lot of assumption and a lot of gut feel. And many people get paralyzed making decisions without a complete set of data, which I understand because perhaps... What as entrepreneurs we do is somewhat foolish, and that's we make decisions and we have a bias for action with inadequate data.
2: So you said you have gut feel. I don't believe in.
0: What do you think? I, not- I don't <laughs> believe. Yeah, like, isn't that crazy? I know. Well, I, I, have I was going to say. I think we all have gut feel. Don't no, no, no. We? we just have different that's gut right. feel.
2: That's right. That is. It's exactly what I believe in. So let me. Yeah. So let me expound, right? Because it's such a good topic and. We know people that like, everyone just goes, oh my gosh, Mike Faith, like, man, just ask me, he's got a gut feel on these things. And when he says it, like, he's right. Like, you just know. And so to me, you know, just knowing the little things about you, I do know, Mike, is you're a strategist in your mindset. You're, you've you been through some tough things you left school at 15 at a massive risk. Um, you moved to a new country where, you know, they obviously don't speak your native tongue for anyone who's hearing the show for the first time. You know, Mike doesn't <laughs> talk like us. All right. So like, and who's us in America? We all talk different, right? So it's, you've been through lenses and experience that shape you. And you went through probably a much more challenging route than a lot of people didn't. Most people don't, work the candy stand when you was 10 years old and figure out how to make a buck by buying a candy bar for a quarter and selling it for a dollar. And that's US term, sorry. I'm not using your, yeah, your yeah. pounds, all right? So good. <laughs> so my feeling is Mike Faith is one of these unique people who has calculated Each of those experiences, both good and bad, both good and bad, and taking those and process those in, And and, and now he's got a filter that says, oh, that's good. That goes good. And you start separating these things out, separating, separating, separating. So when things come in, you're like, "Mm, oh, that goes into this category of these separated experiences that didn't work well and why they didn't work well, which you've indexed in the Mike Faith Rolodex of this brilliant mind, right? And then everyone goes, man. That dude's just got feel for stuff. And I'm like, yeah, because he, he's got 40 you know, years of experience or whatever that is of gut feel of experience that he's actually had. And, and it's calculated. But I would say the difference is when someone says, well, well, I'm the same age as Mike. I don't know what that age is, but, but, but why don't I have the gut feel he has? Well, did you break down the data every time it happened? Did you index it? Did you take in the data and realize what was good about it? What was bad? Did you review the tapes? on each one of those instances and go back and say, why did it work? Why didn't it work? What went right? What would I do differently next time? Because my guess is Mike Faith probably does that nearly every time.
0: Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. I do pretty much, Trent. And I, I was thinking, I was moving the analogy back to the chessboard there because the best chess players review their chess game and look for what happened. And they re- they'll-, they'll do that all the time. They'll spend more time reviewing their chess games than they yes. will Play in the chess games, and I don't do that in the chess world because I play chess for fun. Yes. But in the business world or life in general, I spend a lot of time doing that review analysis uh, process, which I'd never thought of before. So it's uh, you're helping me learn more about myself here.
2: Did you do you watch Ted Lasso?
0: <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, love, I
2: love Ted Lasso. Right, I am loving Ted Lasso, and I love it early in this first series where Beard, the assistant coach has his girlfriend they're both chess players, right? And they're out on a date really going out. And he's like, nice. They're doing a verbal game in the bar, right? And I'm just thinking like, I don't know socially if I would do this ever, right? But you know, it, it's funny and they bring it out. I, I'm loving the show, by the way. I mean, I feel like the cast of this thing has just, and I love British humor. I like the wit, I like the quick, and I have to watch with other people on subtitles because they don't see it as quick. Not, but it's a good way. It's a good way to learn. But it drives me crazy. But it's uh, I'm loving the show.
0: It is a great show. It's very well done. Um, I uh, I haven't watched all of the ones that are available yet. So I'm a little bit. Um, I'm probably about halfway through. But I'm looking forward to seeing the whole thing. Oh my gosh!
2: It's laugh out loud, good stuff. Yeah. But you know, I, I like the other thing about it is it's, it brings us all of our emotions. Like it really brings it all together. It's uh, it's funny. It's humorous. And if you're my age in America. He makes so many movie references to my era of a kid. They do these things all the time, pulling back to movies that are really generational, in my opinion, I guess, but back to the future and and these things that he just touches on. And it's so cleverly done. And I think he's the casting really impresses me, too how they've hit kind of our thoughtful who is who in our social circles and how they treat people in the, in the hierarchy of the owner and the wealth. It's very interesting how they did it dynamically.
0: It is. You, uh, you, have you spent any time in England? You could go there and just kind of experience the whole thing. It's exactly like that.
2: <laughs> I have not spent a ton of time in England. I have spoken London on a number of times. And by the way, the last time I was there, I crossed off my bucket list as I went to go see Arsenal on the pitch and, you know, went to my Premier League game and did the whole thing, man. The morning, the bars. all I did it right, man. Good on you. I was here. <laughs> so let's talk about looking back. You look back at the bankruptcies. You look back at leaving school at 15 years old. You go through this thing. Would you do it differently today? Knowing what you know now?
0: Yes and no. I mean, I've got I've got two answers to that. If I can, I'm going to cover my options and, and answer <laughs> yeah. it both ways. This is the perfect the, the perfect gamble. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't like your chess because if you, do you try to make two moves at once and say, "Let me see which one I like"?
0: <laughs> no, I, I think there are things that I. There's many things that I could have, would have done better. There's things I wouldn't have done. There's b- both business and personal, and don't we all have that? I mean, I think so. Yeah. We we don't play things perfectly. Far from it. We kind of screw many things up and we continue doing that through life and we just get better. In fact, you know, I say at work, I, I try and encourage an atmosphere of mistakes. I say, all we do is make mistakes and keep going and then we die. We just keep learning. But the, there's no end game apart from you're out of the game and, and you never get to perfection. So yes, there's many things in that I think I would change and do differently and mistakes and things I did wrong. And But on the other hand, if I'd have done them differently, would I be the person I am today? What else would have happened? Yeah. So it's like a time machine. Yeah. If you can go back and change time when you do it well do you actually get a better outcome or do you screw up in another way somewhere else so I, i don't think i have regrets per se i don't think in many ways i would change anything but i have made many mistakes made more mistakes than most that i wish i'd have learned earlier and done better but i don't know if i'd change it if i could go back
2: that's good all right let's talk about what would you recommend for somebody else you know, if someone out there right now is facing a tough time, I mean, it's tough. They're struggling, like, ah, uh, you know, I mean, and a lot of people are in this situation, right, Mike? I mean, COVID's hit our country. We've had a pandemic. Economically, many companies have been hit. Many have flourished, by the way. A lot of leadership brands are cooking. We're riling we're high because, you know, you position yourself for what may happen, right? But at the end of the day, you talk about you're in a challenge and you've been there. What would you tell you? When you're going through it, as these people are sitting in that moment right now, what would you tell them? A value, a belief?
0: I've got a few things that I kind of revolve around in my head. In addition to the the, the Robert Shuler one earlier, of you know, yeah. And indeed, even the cover of the book, Tough Times Never Last, But Tough People Do, I think is sometimes a good reminder. But sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you don't always want to hear that. So yeah, you know, there's a couple of things that I kind of remind myself of and tell myself of when things are really tough. One is that um, I've been through stuff like this before. I felt like this before. And it does get better the other end. Yeah. This is just a process that I need to go through. Another one I do is I try and feel the pain. Rather than try and dismiss the pain or ignore it, I try and feel the pain. And by lean into it, feel how bad it is. Don't deny it. I think that helps me get through it. And another one is, I remind myself that in two hundred million years' time, the whole Earth will just be a big ball of ice. Who gives a toss anyway about (laughs) this little thing that's happening now that that feels so big in the moment? So those are some of the things that 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 I've done.
2: Yeah, I love that. It's temporary. That's what I heard. You know, it's real, but it's temporary. You've been there before. This too shall pass. You will yeah. feel better in another time. It may not be this time, but it will be in another time. I love leaning into the pain. I find that, you know, once you accept where you're at, what it is, man, that's 50% of the battle. I'm not saying it's gone, but 50% of the battle is there, right? I also love the perspectives, right? Like, you're know, kind of pulling yourself out of it. That If you want to talk about the plane from 10,000 feet looks a lot different than the one from 100 feet off the ground. You know, I can I can remember uh, one of my perspective shifts on like stress and anxiety. We were in the World Series in, in 2002 and I remember Garrett Anderson was one of our best players and he stepped out of the box in a crucial moment. Crowd's going crazy. You, know, you got 50 million people watching on TV. He yawned, Mike. I'm like, "Garrett, are we boring you?" <laughs> like like, you're like Wait, "What are you doing?" right? And then I and I got this perspective like, "You know, why is this such a big deal in the moment? He's doing it to relax his body, right? He's doing it to you can't be anxious and yawn. So he's trying to cool his system and he's smart, great player, really wise guy. And I thought, you know, in that moment, I thought somewhere in the world, on the continent who like they don't give a rip about baseball they don't care about this world series they, they care about getting food on the table they care about you know what if i'm gonna be the lead of this tribe i gotta be the best at killing a lion you know like like there's yeah. life and death out there and like this thing is like what we're gonna get all amped up about and perspective needs to be had by all of us because we're, we're putting these things on ourselves and i like to tell people pressure is self-applied,
0: definitely, and I think I think you know I like that a lot. Perspective is really good, and in the moment, our own problem seems really big and huge, but in reality, it's not. I mean, unless yeah. we are unless we are starving or in extreme physical pain, most other things are, are temporary and all pass.
2: So good. All right, let me ask you. Let me go to a couple of Q and A's here. You've had a lot of success. You've won a bunch. I mean, you're a winner. You've always found a way, and you've had some losses, but you get back up, right? What's the best battle you've ever conquered in your
0: lifetime. I'm I'm going to start if I can, just by by, by commenting on on the question there, Trent. And sometimes I don't think of myself as a winner. I think of myself as a constant loser. That's why I keep improving. (laughs) And I'm I'm a little bit uncomfortable to to go into the, you you know, when you say you're a winner. I mean, thank you, but I'm an average guy that's made a lot of mistakes. I keep making mistakes. I keep learning. uh, And I've had some luck that goes along with it. So, And there are people that are far more successful me in every possible measure so i think of myself as just just a kid on a journey that stumbles a lot so but given that what was the question i got lost yeah,
2: <laughs> first of all i appreciate your discomfort in it i do honor that but you've done some things that many people would like to do that you have not and this for my listeners i'm gonna i'm gonna call you out a little bit on this for my listeners i will just let you know that We don't ever stop comparing ourselves. We don't ever stop getting into what's the um, quote they use about uh, the imposter syndrome. Like, am I a winner? Wait a minute. You know know how many times I've lost? (laughs) Like, I'm the biggest loser in the world. But like, wait a minute. You've got titles and you've got championships. And those trophies may look different. Maybe the car you drive. It may be the friends you keep. It may be the relationships you have in this life. Trophies come in all sorts of different fashions. But there are rewards for your work and one of the things that i honor about you mike is that you live a life of peacefulness when i'm around you i feel it right and i don't think people have that in their life and you've gained that reward through work effort developing people around you developing yourself continuous improvement you don't stop and so for me you know you're all about winners, man
0: Yeah, well, thank you. I'm a lot more peaceful in the past few years. I used to be quite a ball of anxiety and tension. So that's something that's kind of changed in in recent years with me.
2: So let's go back to the question. The question (laughs) is the best battle you've conquered in your lifetime.
0: I think that might be the one, the battle of instead of being anxious and tense, being able to relax and enjoy and, and that is a you know as i say i think it's only the past few years and there's a couple of things that have really done that for me and i'm, I'm happy to share uh, um medicine under with a guide with a therapist yep uh, that's been uh, quite transformational for me and then um a second one is um breathwork which is kind of almost the same thing. It's actually, you know, as they say, getting high on your own supply. But the Mm -hmm. idea of both of these, and, you know, one is, I think they're variations of the same thing. You you kind of get to an altered state of consciousness and ones with chemicals and ones without chemicals more I, I do the breath work regularly which is the, the non-chemical version because you can do that daily without any uh, impairment or side effects but i find that really helps me discover new parts of myself and put everything else in the world aside because it really doesn't matter everything else and i can just be with myself and my body and my mind and really discover new new insights about me and the world
2: what do you think i had gordy buff down on my show he, he told me a great quote <laughs> he said you know our depression is our tie to our past to what's happened mm. and lost and Could i change it i should have done something different and our anxiety is tied to our view of the future and the present solves up what do you think to that
0: well i hadn't heard that but it kind of makes sense when you say it And certainly being able to be in the present is something that both psychedelic medicine and breath work has given me. It's exactly Mm. that because you really just come into the present. And I had never spent a lot of time in the present before. And I think that might be kind of maybe stereotypical of entrepreneurs because you spend a lot of time collecting data about the past and worrying about how you're going to put it into the future. Um, And I enjoy being in the future more than anything. So I spend a lot of time there. I've only just discovered this, hey, just be in the present and enjoy the present. And I don't need anything and I can just be and being is okay with me. Uh, so yeah, I think I kind of, just as I'm thinking that through and processing it, what, what you shared there, Trent, I, I think that is very good. Depression in the past, anxiety is the future, or that tends to be the problems there. And then being in the mm-hmm. present, it makes sense.
2: Let's go to the best way to win. Is there something that you want to share with the listeners that we did not touch on today? Maybe something that, you know, we've talked about, I think, let me run down a little bit what we talked about. We talked about chess and the strategy, how those things apply in life and in business and running things and running even a family and how that may apply. We've talked about your deep commitment to your author group, which is awesome. Talked about your young entrepreneur life, uh, your mindset you know, accepting problems, working through it and moving beyond it. We've talked about uh, the book, right? Tough times don't last, tough people do. The seed is being sown for a greater triumph. Talked about the opportunity being greater than the risk of the problem or challenge Mm -hmm. and your vision. And we've also talked about three good advices of if you're going through it, knowing this is temporary, knowing that you can lean into that pain and feel it and understand it and the perspective of that, hey, there's other things in this world. You're, you're not alone. Probably somebody who's been through this before, some perspective of that is important. And, and what you're doing differently to combat some, some anxiety in your life, which I think is great stuff, by the way, getting, yeah. getting more present. What would you tell somebody the best way to win in this lifetime right now right where we're at. Would you add to that in any way?
0: Maybe. You asked some great questions that make me think, Trent. Yeah. Let me go back to the the chessboard. Chessboard is a one player game, but in life it's a multiplayer game. And whether that's a, you know, team game as in, you know, team sports, or whether it's a a cooperation game with people on different teams, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's something that I've learned to get better at over the years and i never played team sports as a kid and i think i'm i'm very lucky that i've begun to learn the art of cooperation and teamwork and fortunately built a really really great team around me at work so perhaps what i'd say is i mean from my experience building a great team of people that i can trust that trust me that we know we're facing the same direction we have different approaches we have different styles we have different beliefs And we can acknowledge and accept and respect those things, but also bring together our focus on the same and singular mission that we've got and trust each other to work towards it. That has been big for me, not just in terms of success, Trent, but also in terms of workplace satisfaction. I really like people that I work with and we really function well as a team. And that makes a huge difference to me. I'd rather have that than all the monetary success in the world, but not enjoy the people that I'm working with.
2: Love it. And I think I was talking earlier today about John Wood and we were talking about this pyramid about team spirit and Bill Walton, one of his famous players just said, Hey man, nobody gets there alone. Nobody yeah. makes it alone. Like you need people around you. And I think that's great to remember in a down period, in a crisis, bring those people in that care that love on you, that will, willing to come alongside in those challenging times, you find out, you know, who your great friends are, who you want to be with, and and face those challenges, right? Face the mistakes together. I think that's really important. And I, and I think there's so much value. And I'm the opposite, Mike, I came from this big team environment as this kid. And I can remember like, well, we lost, but you know, I scored three touchdowns. And you know, I did this, so I felt pretty good. And when I got into individual sports, I really had to learn about me and how I contribute and and my responsibility became from here to here. Because when I lost, I was like, oh, well, you know, it's Mike's fault or Ryan. (laughs) There's only me out here. Like, it's my fault. And I thought, man, I really had to take ownership. And so me always combating those two things together, it really helped me be a better team member when I learned a lot more about my personal responsibility and how I have to contribute to the greater uh, effect of the team. And, and at the end of the day, like doing it together as a team is so much more than doing it as your own. Like it's,
0: it's a big
2: celebration. We're to celebrate with yourself. That's no fun. Come on. All right. So let's wrap it up for, I want to get your quote of the day, by the way, the quote that you go to, when, when it's tough, when you're challenged, when you're down, when you're against it, you are You have something that regulates you. Before I do that, uh, everyone to know, follow the show, YouTube Live, Leadershipity Channel, all sorts of different very You can find me on Instagram, Leadershipity, or Trent M. Clark, also on Twitter, Leadershipity.com. Look for our upcoming book, The Pyramid of Leadershipity, Accountability for Leaders. DM, email me anything you want. Like, Ask me about Mike. I'll tell you what I know. Get in touch with Mike. He's told you how to get a hold of him, for goodness sake. And please listen to our episodes, continue to listening, rate us five stars. Uh, we work hard to find value, delivering insight from the 1% leaders. And of course, Mike Faith, you did not disappoint as usual, and I knew you would not. So, what's your go to? Mike, what is your go-to, you know, saying when the when the chips are stacked against?
0: Well, I thought you were going to ask my go-to saying overall, which yeah. of course would be, "It's a great day to buy headsets." Oh, However,
2: yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the know? company logo.
0: <laughs> I think you know when the chips are down, it is, and if I may repeat from from earlier, it is that you know, out of every adversity, the seed is sown for yet a greater triumph, and no matter how bad it is now. We'll get through it and it'll get better and we'll be better off because we'll learn and we'll understand and we'll feel more going forward.
2: So this is because you're a brilliant guy. We've had a lot of deep conversations on leadership and different things along the way and worked a little bit together. This is the quote I had for you, thinking about you coming on the show this Friday. It's from David DeWolf. He's the president CEO of Three Pillar Global. There's no differentiator in a knowledge economy. Strategies are no longer a differentiator. It's about execution. You can only execute if you have an unbelievable culture and team. And as I hear you talk about headsets, man, I just thought this is what he's created in an environment of people that like who like to go to work. They like the people they go to work with. They make a difference for people, especially I'm sure during COVID, this has been an absolute, absolute time. Like Got to get on headsets and get something better because you're going to be on Zoom 12 hours a day. So I just thought of that. You've been a friend of mine for a long time and honored to call you friend and thankful you could be here with us today, Mike. I really appreciate you coming on.
0: Of course. Hey, thanks for having me on, Trent. I really appreciate you and, and making this a fun and interesting conversation. Thank you.
2: You bet. Thanks so much for everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.